Drama on One. Sundays at 8 pm. RTA.ie forward slash Drama on One. Drama on One. You're listening to RTE Radio 1. Tonight's Drama on One is A Proper Da by Maeve Inglesby and is broadcast in tribute to Maeve, who passed away on September the 29th. Maeve was great. She was gregarious, generous and outgoing, always pushing others into the limelight while quietly blending into the background herself. She was one of Ireland's most prolific writers, working both individually and collaboratively. You've seen and heard her work and just probably never knew who created it. Born in Dublin in 1947, Maeve gave up her job as a primary school teacher to educate her six children. She began writing comedy in 1978, satirical sketches and parodies, including RTE Radio's Oni Slaggin with Gordon Snell and Frank Kelly and pantomimes in both Irish and English. For television, she wrote for Glen Rowe and Fair City. Maeve's first TYA play was Firestone for Team Educational Theatre Company in 1990. She went on to write Earwigs, The Monkey Puzzle Tree and Out of Line for Team. Maeve then spent 10 years as writer-in-residence and later script editor with Barnstorm Theatre Company in Kilkenny. She also wrote for the Project Arts Centre, the Civic Theatre, on Damer and Calypso Theatre Company. Maeve wrote seven gaiety theatre pantos and six pantomimes for the Performing Arts School of Galway. Oh yes, she did. Maeve worked extensively in schools and with youth and adult groups facilitating drama and writing workshops all over Ireland. In 2010, Maeve created a proper DA with the members of RAID, Recovery Through Art, Drama and Education, allowing these people to tell their story. In a winter which saw the passing of the great Maura Mackenzie and Brendan Kennelly, it would be typical of Maeve to hide her own light under their bushels. But tonight, on Drama on One, we light a candle for Maeve. Recorded on location at the Raid Centre in Dublin 8, a proper da by Maeve Inglesby tells the story of Johnny, formerly a homeless heroin addict who's trying to put the past behind him. He wants to get to know his children and to be a proper father. And when people have long memories, it's not easy to win trust again. And Johnny's tendency to shoot his mouth off doesn't help. Starring Phelan Drew as Johnny, this is A Proper Da by Maeve Inglesby. Hi, I'm Geraldine and I work in RAID. RAID stands for Recovery Through Art, Drama and Education. The programme caters for 21 participants who are in various stages of recovery The majority of the people taking part in the project have had problems with substance use. You're about to hear a recording of A Proper Da by Maeve Inglesby in collaboration with the members of RAID, directed by Michael Egan and recorded in our centre in Dublin 8. Hang on a minute, I need a slash. Ray, what are you doing? Taxi! 
That was the night I knew I'd hit rock bottom. When you're homeless, you're invisible. And that drunken yuppie made me realise I was sick of being invisible. That night, we swore no one would ever piss on me again. So the next day, instead of looking for gear, we went looking for help. And after six or eight hard months, eventually, we got clean. Even after methadone, we'd skip the gory details. But I'm telling you, I never want to be that sick or go through that agony again. But this isn't about me and the drugs. This is about me being a dad. Because I've got two kids that I don't even know. Marie and me split up when Jamie was a baby. To be honest, she threw me out. I was dealing then and, well, you don't want to know. The trouble is, neither does Marie. Put those sweets back, Kylie. You already got crisps. Just one packet. I said no, I'm not made of money. Jamie, stop swinging on that trolley. How are you, Marie? What do you want? Nothing. I'm just saying hello. Right, you've said it. Goodbye. Don't be like that, Marie. I'm off the drugs now. We've been clean for nearly a year. And what do you want? A medal? No. We want to talk to me son and me daughter. Keep away from them. Do you remember me, Kylie? You better hope she doesn't. All oh, the stuff you did. Who's he, ma? He's a stranger, Jamie. And you're not allowed to talk to strangers. I'm your dad. Kylie, you can go and get those sweets. Bring Jamie with you. They've got real big. What age is Kylie now, nine? Stay away from us, Johnny. I'm different now, Marie. You put on weight. I'm eating healthy. I'm happy for you, but I've got my own life now. Are you seeing someone? I'm not doing this. You are, aren't you? Is it serious? Don't even go there, Johnny. Look, I know I did terrible things. Yeah, you did. That'll never happen again, I swear. You're bleeding sure it won't. You keep well away from us. All I'm looking for is another chance. You've had all our chances and you blew them. I was using then. I told you I'm clean now. And I told you, get lost. Marie, please. Come on, kids, we're going. Please, Marie, don't walk away. We want to be a proper dad. To deal with right this time. Okay, then. You can pay for your shopping. Oh. That's where I talk. We want it. Honest, I would, but I'm skint. Goodbye, Johnny. Damn it! Seeing Johnny again was like getting kicked in the stomach. Brought her all back. The pain, the stress, the anger. It took me years to get over him. No way was I going back. Even if he was off the drugs. Mind you, he was looking well. Fit and healthy like. But for how long? I couldn't risk him messing up our lives again. The trouble was, I knew now once he'd seen the kids that he'd be back. And that's 
today's 6 1 news from Eamon and me and all the team. Good evening. Bloody politicians. They're all the same. Who was that at the dormitory? Hello, Mr. Casey. What's that filthy scumbag doing here? We came to talk to Marie. You're not talking to him. After all, he did. I'm off the drugs. Yeah, for how long? We're just talking, Dad, right? No, it's not right. I'm having no druggies in this house. We told you, I'm off them. Once an addict, always an addict. Please, Dad, just give us a few minutes, will you? Five minutes. Then I want him out of this house. He really has it in for me. Can you blame him? We'll make it up to you, I swear I will. From now on, I'll be a proper father. I'm not going back to you. I'm not asking you to. Well, not right away. Did you not hear me? I said I'm not going back to you. You can't stop me saying the kids. You're an unfit father. I was. I'm not now. You're saying that. And I mean it. Just give me a chance to prove it to you. I can't take any chances. You nearly destroyed us before. I know. And if I could change things, I would. But I swear I'm not dealing or using it. I'm not even drinking. I don't care. There's no going back, Johnny. Me and you, we're history. Just let me see the kids. I don't want them upset. I won't upset them, I promise. I just want to get to know them. Yeah, and who picks up the pieces when you start using again? I won't, I swear. I've heard that before. I promise. I want Kylie and Jamie to know their father. Do they ever ask about me? Kylie's been asking questions. Since that day in the supermarket. What did you tell her? The truth. That you were our dad, but you and me aren't together anymore. We used to have good times. A million years ago. Remember when Coily was born, we used to wheel her down to the park? That was before you got hooked on your filthy heroin. We thought I could handle it, you know. Score the odd weekend. Just take me mind off things. You mean like your responsibilities? I was scared. You were pregnant again. I had no job. It was wrecking me head. Wrecking your head? And how do you think I felt? Getting sick all the time with a two-year-old toddler swinging out of me. I didn't think. That was the problem. I know that now. Well, three cheers for you. And now you think you can just waltz back into our lives like nothing ever happened? No. But for the kids' sake... For the kids' sake, I should run a mile away from you right now. If Kylie's been asking questions... She asked a lot more after you went missing. Good she was. Asking after our daddy. What about Jamie? For God's sake... He was only one. I mean, does he know who I am? Not really. He's got real big, hasn't he? Does he play football? Yeah. Has me driven mad looking for boots. Football boots? No, pussing boots. <laughs> what do you think? I'll get him boots. You will? Yeah, I will. What size is he? Size 10. Do you know how much football boots cost? I'll find the money. How? Are you going to go robbing again? No. I'm having nothing to do with a robber. I told you. I've given all that up. I'll get him those football boots. I won't hold me breath. Maybe when I do, him and me could go and try them out in the park. We'll see. Great. 40 euros. What? That's what the boots cost. 40 euros. Shit. Where am I going to get 40 euros? It was over a year since we'd been to the pawn shop. But Walter remembered me. Well, strike me dead. 
It's Johnny No Cash. <laughs> Long time no see. We need a few quid, Walter. Don't we all? So, what have we got this time? Another little dodgy watch again. A CD player. Hmm. Looks like it's seen better days. Well, it still works. Pity you don't. You wouldn't be trying to fob off your old junk on me. That's not junk. I wouldn't part with it if I didn't need the money urgent. How much do you want for it? 40 euro. <laughs> I'll give you 10. No way. Football bills cost 40. No, you're taking up football. For me son. We promised to buy him new football bills. That'll be a force. Come on, Walter. Give me a break. I'll give you 15 euro. That's my final offer. We'll throw in the watch. You should throw out the watch. <laughs> okay. Take me jacket as well. Torty. Or a jacket? Torty altogether. Are you joking I'm me? I'm doing you a favour. You're doing me full stop. Come on, Walter. I'm trying to make a living. I really need the 40. Yeah, well, try McKennessy. He'll get your football boots cheap. Do you reckon? Bet your life on it. As they come to the final bend, chances are leading by two lengths from sophisticated lady and does it. Chances are in front in the final stretch. Chances Did you get them? Would I let you down? Two brand new football boots untouched by human foot. Thanks, Mick. Are you taking up football, Johnny? No, that for me, son, Jamie. He's only a kid, isn't he? Jesus, he must have big feet. They're huge. What size are they? Size 10, just like you asked for. I meant a kid size 10. They're adult boots. You grow into them. I can't afford to wait that long. You'll have to change them. I don't have to receive. But then you'll have to give me my money back. Don't have that either. What are we going to do? Why don't you bring them down there, Walter? Great. Back again? Two football boots. Brand new, not a scratch on them. Taking up swimming instead, has he? No. Mick got me the wrong size. He won't take them back. And you think I will? I need money to buy the right size. I'll give you 15 quid. They're worth 30. They're worth nothing if nobody wants them. Bet you'll sell them for 40. 20 euros. Not a cent more. You're all hurt. Here. If you want to double it, try Beggar's Fancy in the 230 Doncaster. You won't believe this. Beggar's fancy one a tenth of one. <laughs> Me look was torn. What do you want? Is Marie in? No, she's not. Is Jamie? No. Do you know when they'll be back? No, and if I did, I wouldn't tell you. We've got something for Jamie at present. You're seven years too late. Better late than never. Are you trying to be smart? No, I'm only saying... You can save your breath. Who is it, Sandra? The junkie. We're not a junkie. Oh, really? I suppose it was Santa Claus left that needle in Jamie's pram. That was seven years ago. And what about the guard raids? The kids screaming, their toys being torn apart and searched for drugs. The neighbours treating her like dirt. My daughter lost that flat because of you. And she was traumatised for years. It won't ever happen again. Damn sure it won't. Because you won't be letting next nor near those children. That's not your decision. It is while they're under my roof. 
Well, they're not only your roof now, where are they? Like I tell you. Marie said I could play football with Jamie. I bought him new boots. You should have saved your money. I promised Marie I'd get them, and I kept me promise. You're too late. Graham bought them boots yesterday. It was Graham. Oh, did you not know? Marie's boyfriend works for an insurance company. They've been going steady for ages. She didn't tell me that. Why should she? You're not part of her life anymore. But we talked. She was being polite. We were discussing our children. You can discuss all you like. That's the nearest you'll get to them. You can't keep me away. You were in my daughter's life once. You're not going to do it again. I'm not planning to. That doesn't mean it can't happen. It won't. I'm clean now and I'm going to stay clean. Oh, really? You found a bar soap, did you? No. We found support and people who believe in me. Bring on the violence. And I'm going to find a job. Who'll give you a job, you useless waste of space? I'm a human being, Mrs Casey. No human being is a waste of space. Really? You could have fooled me. Because I'd say that description fits you to a T. And I'd say, malicious old bitch fits you to a T. <laughs> I knew I'd blown it as soon as he opened me mouth. But she provoked me when I played right into her hands. Oh, that's lovely. You come here knocking on my door insulting me. Wait till our Marie hears that. We left the new boots on the doorstep with the doll I bought for Coily. Was Marie's ma ever going to forget the past? But she wasn't the only one with a long memory. I recognise you, Johnny Cassidy. Oh, shit. Sergeant Mulligan. I puked all over him once. Move along. You can't be hanging round here. I'm waiting for a bus. You can't wait here. But this is a bus stop. Well, you can move along down to the next bus stop. Give us a break. That's miles away. A break? You've had too many breaks already, Cassidy. You might have got away last time, but I'll put you behind bars yet. I don't rob anymore. Is that so? Yeah. I'm off the drugs. You'd better stay off them, Cassidy. We intend to. Because I'm warning you, if I catch you even dropping a cigarette butt, I'll be on your back. Of course, I couldn't keep me mouth shut. I hope you're not going to harass me, Sergeant. There's a guard at Ombudsman now, isn't there? You cheeky little Torag. The bus came just in time, and I hopped on it. He was fuming. But that'll keep well Elvie's way in future. I knew the only way to keep out of trouble was to get a job. But that was easier said than done. So, Mr. Cassidy. Ooh, I see you're living in a hostel. That's right. How is that? It's fine. Of course, I've got a place of my own when I get a job. You haven't had many jobs, have you? Well, I, I worked part-time in a garage for a while, and I, I did some painting, In fact, but... I see from your CV that... You haven't held down any job for seven years. I was uh, sick for a few years, but I'm fine now. And I'm not afraid of hard work. Is there anything you need to tell us, Mr Cassidy? I'm available for work immediately. Are there any issues we should know about? No. 
I mean, do you have any problems? No. Do you? <laughs> That's hardly relevant. Exactly. Your problems, my problems, not relevant. I'm not sure I like your attitude. Well, I'm not sure I like yours. I beg your pardon? Just because I live in a hostel, you think I have something to hide? Have you, Mr. Cassidy? You know something? Stuff your poxy job. We know, we know. We should have buttoned me lip and said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, three bags full, ma'am. At the next three interviews, I was real polite. But that gap in my CV was always going to be a problem. I noticed there's a five-year gap in your CV. I was, eh, uh, travelling. Really? Where? Rat mines. <laughs> and then Glass Nevin. Is that all? Oh, no, I, I was in Blanchardstown for a good while. And <laughs> then I moved to Galway to get away for a bit. Then Leitrim. You've never been abroad, then? No. We couldn't get a passport. So you were abroad? Yeah. In Australia. Really? Where? Uh, Sydney. Sydney? Uh, what part? Uh, Bonga. <laughs> district is that? I lived in Sydney for three years. Oh, shit. <laughs> you went to Nepal? Yeah. It was cool. <laughs> you see the pole bears? Yeah. Lots of them. And penguins. Well, you must have very good eyesight. Penguins live in the South Pole. <laughs> Great. I wouldn't mind, but I knew that. Bogomania didn't ask about the five-year gap. Can you work long hours on your feet? No, bother. You look familiar. Have you worked for us before? No. Funny, I could have sworn we've met. We don't think so. Never mind. Now, the important thing when working here is that the customer comes first. Our staff must always be polite and helpful. Right. I do know you. I caught you shooting up in the jacks two years ago. So much for having a nice day. Get out of here, you junkie scumbag. Needless to say, I didn't get that job either. Even when you're clean, the past comes back to haunt you. 26 interviews later, finally I had a stroke of luck. David, my sponsor from NA, I still go to Narcotics Anonymous sometimes just to keep in touch. He has this friend who owns a cafe. He put in a good word for me and I've got work. A month's trial period. It's mostly clean and open stuff, but it's a job. Five nights a week and all day Saturday. Wait till Marie hears this. Johnny's got a job. I think he's really trying to get his act together. But I'm terrified to trust him. He keeps asking can he see the kids. My mother says that I should get a bird in order. Graham says I'd be mad to let someone like him near the kids. We're getting on real well now, me and Graham. I don't want Johnny complicating things. But Kylie keeps on asking about him and Jamie loves his boots. He says they're better than the ones that Graham bought him. So I said he could take them to the park tomorrow, just for two hours. Oh, I hope I'm doing the right thing. Graham said he won't turn up. It's not reliable. We'll see. 
Jakes! Sergeant Mulligan! Not now, please! Cassidy! What? All your horses! We have to go! Just hold on a second there! I've done nothing! What were you running from? I wasn't running, I was just walking fast. I have to meet someone. What's in the bag? CDs, they're on me own. Empty it. Oh. Dead. You see, I told you. Big fan of Jedward, are you? <laughs> they're for me, kids. We haven't time for this. You're sweating a bit there, Cassidy. Desperate for a fix, are you? We're not using anymore. Yeah, right. Turn out your pockets. We can't. I'm picking up me kids. Scum like you shouldn't have kids. I have to be there in five minutes. I said turn out your pockets. Have you any shots? We told you, I'm not carrying. Right. You can do this down at the station. You stupid moron, you're deaf. We told you, I'm not using anymore. I know, I know. I shouldn't have let him provoke me. But I was panicking that I'd be late. And of course, me big mouth got me into trouble again. That's it. You're coming to the station. What for? For abuse of language. Me children are waiting for me. Can I come down later? You'll come right now. You know I never got those trousers properly clean. They always stank to high heaven afterwards. It was half four by the time I got to Marie's parents' house. She wouldn't let me see the kids. Marie, I'm really sorry. I don't want to know. It wasn't my fault. It's my fault for trusting you. You can't trust me, Marie. Just go. I can explain. You let the kids down. End of story. I was on me way, I swear. I told you. I don't want to know. Sergeant Mulligan has it in for me. He made me go down to the station. I was doing nothing. Yeah, right. I swear to you, Marie, on Jamie's life. Don't you dare mention Jamie. Don't ever mention my children's names again. They're my children, too. We swear I'd do anything for those kids. Goodbye, Johnny. Don't ring, don't call. End of. But I want to be a proper da. Just go. I mean it. I said go. You heard the lady. Go. Who are you? This is Graham. The insurance man. We've met before. I don't think so. You wouldn't remember me. I was invisible. What's he talking about? Actually, I owe you one. What? You did me a favour. I see you still have your Leinster scarf. Oh, get a life, Johnny. I have a life now. And I want my two kids in it. Then you shouldn't have got yourself arrested. I wasn't arrested. I told you the sergeant was hassling me. And now you're hassling me. Will I call the guards? Don't worry. I'm going. But I'll be keeping an eye on you. Is it Graham, is it? Alcohol is a drug too, you know. Who do you think you are talking to me like that? Just a blast from the past, that's all. We didn't tell him where we'd met before. I was too ashamed. But I was thinking, once a drunk, always a drunk. I know, I know. I should know better. Me of all people. But now I was determined to stay in touch, no matter what Marie said. So I wrote the kids a letter, explaining that I got delayed and promising to take them out again if I was let. Of course I wasn't. But I started going to the school every day at half two just to say hello to them so they'd know who their dad was. And after a while, Marie started letting me walk home with them. Not to the door, or her ma would freak, but most of the way. Now that I had a job, I left the hostel and I found myself a flat. It wasn't much, a kit with manky walls and broken furniture. But I painted it 
and fixed the broken chairs with super glue. Now I was saving up to buy a decent stereo. I put five euros in a jar every week. Then one day, out of the blue, Marie rang me. How are you, Marie? Listen, Johnny, I need you to do me a favour. Sure, yeah. What is it? Could you pick the kids up from school for me? Yeah, of course I will. No bother. Could you take them to the park until tea time? We can give them that tea if you like. No, it's okay. I should be home by then. Where are you? I'm at the hospital. What's wrong? You okay? It's me, ma'am. She fell and broke her leg. Thank God. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, I'm glad it's not you. I'm glad you found me. I was going to ask Mrs. Murphy next door. Mam wanted me to. I'm glad you didn't. I'm warning you, Johnny. You better not show up late at that school. Wasn't I there at half two every day last week? That's different. I wasn't depending on you. You can depend on me today. You'd better not let me down, Johnny. I won't. I swear. If anything happens, ring me. Or if you can't make it. I will make it. I promise. Okay, thanks. I'll ring you when I'm on the way home. Collecting Coily and Jamie from school, I felt dead shuffed, like a proper da. Of course, a proper da would have known when they were trying it on. Are you sure your ma buys you ice cream after school every day? And crisps. I thought she said not to eat between meals. She meant between crisps and ice cream. And the proper da would have checked the weather forecast and brought an umbrella. We got soaked. Right, kids, hold me hands and run real fast. Pretend we're greyhounds. What's a greyhound? It's a skinny dog. It's a really fast skinny dog. Come on, see who can run the fastest. We were like drowned rats when we got back to the flat. I lit a fire and put their sopping wet uniforms in front of it. And they put on two of my T-shirts down to their ankles. They thought that was great fun. Would you like scrambled egg on toast? Yeah. So I left them down the jigsaw that I'd bought them and set to work. If I say so myself, I'd do a mean scrambled eggs on toast. I was dead pleased with myself, even setting the table and all like I never do when I'm on my own. I didn't notice the silence. A proper dad would have known that meant they were up to something. Yeah. What's up? We're stuck. Stuck where? Oh, Christ! We'd forgotten all about the super glue. They got their hands stuck together. How did you do that? We were down a high five. Pull! No, don't pull. Okay, kids, don't panic. Oh, God. Marie's going to kill me. Right. Keep your hands together. Nice and easy now. Walk over to the top. Uh, Careful, uh, Quirley. Don't pull him. Now. We're still stuck. Shit. What am I going to do? We're going to have to go to the hospital. Will the doctors have to saw off a hand? Of course they won't. They'll get magic stuff to unstick them. We hadn't a clue what I was talking about, but I managed to calm Jamie down. I had to raid me stereo money. Right, let's go and find a taxi. Stop pulling, he keeps pulling me. I don't like being stuck. Pretend you're Siamese twins, real famous. Say cheese for the paparazzi. Is that a pizza? No, stupid. It's a song. You know Lady Gaga. 
I'm your biggest fan. I follow you until you love me. Papa, paparazzi. Roy, Lady Gaga, into the taxi. Be careful, let Janie go first. Ow. Bowman's hospital, please. James, what happened to you two? I only took my eye off them for two minutes. Kids, what? Ah, well, you can say they're a very close family. <laughs> <laughs> I see the doctor now. You'll have to wait your turn. Margaret Dawson, please. When will it be our turn? Soon. Tired waiting. You're not the only one. Nurse, orthopedics for cubicle five, please. Yeah, Miss Sower. So is mine. Here, put your elbows on my arm. Is that better? I need to go to the toilet. Oh, shit. I'm not going into the girls' toilet. Well, I'm not going into the boys' toilet. You don't have to. We'll use the disabled toilet. There'll be more room in there anyway. Getting them into that toilet was some manoeuvre. We were like an octopus playing twister. We got some very funny looks, I'll tell you. Right. Very slowly, Neil. I'll hold the dock, Kylie. You go in sideways. Slower. <laughs> don't pull up. That's it. Now, I'll hold the door closed. Don't lock it. Tell me when you're ready. Tell him not to look. Jamie, close your eyes. He's still looking. Jamie, chips on the way home if you close your eyes. Are you okay in there? I can't pull up my knickers. More funny looks, of course, when they saw the three of us coming out of the toilet. I was beginning to think being a dad had its downside. It wasn't everything it was cracked up to be. But at last, our turn came, and they finally got unstuck. Marie hadn't found yet, so I was hoping to get them back to my place before she found out. Now, such a look. In the interest of eye patient safety, will all visitors please ensure they use the hand sanitizers on entry doors? Here's Mummy and Granny. Great. I was in for it now. Marie and her mother and father were all heading straight for us, not looking very pleased to see us. I'd completely forgotten about the two T-shirts. For the first time, I noticed that Jamie said lean main sex machine, and Kylie's had a picture of Bob Marley with a big fat giant in his mouth. Marie was furious. Where's their school uniforms? They got soaked in the rain. We had to put something on them. You could have found something respectable. Respectable? Him? Don't make me laugh. What are you doing here? Got too much for you, did I? You couldn't hold on to them till she got home. Look at the state of them. You could at least put jumpers on over those t-shirts. I couldn't. Wouldn't more like. Had to make a show of us all. You couldn't because me and Jamie were stuck. Stuck where? What is she talking about? It was an accident. We didn't know it was super glue. Super glue? What the hell were you doing with super glue? Sniffing that now, are you? I told you to get Mrs. Morphy to mine them. The doctor unstuck them. They're fine now. They look like street orchards. You can't have been minding them properly. I told you we couldn't be trusted. Stupid fool. I said to ring me if anything happened. Nothing happened. For Christ's sake, they both ended up in casualty. I didn't know you could use nail varnish remover. Anyway, I didn't have any. I'm surprised you're not sniffing that too. You better not have given those kids anything. 
you junkie toe rag. You shouldn't be letting near those children. I trusted you. I wouldn't trust him to mind me dog. Shut up, the bleeding lot of you. Can you not see that I've changed? You ignorant bigots. Those kids mean the world to me and I'd never hurt them. I put dry clothes on them when they got wet. I only took my eye off them because I was making their tea. And when they got stuck, I brought them to the hospital like any responsible dad would. We even paid for the taxi out of me stereo money. So stuff the lot of you with your abuse and your accusations. At least that's what I wanted to say. But I saw Coily's face while they were shouting at me, all scrunched up, trying not to cry with her hands on her ears like she used to do when me and Marie were having shouting matches. I couldn't do that to me daughter again. So I zipped it and let them go on. We all gave Johnny a hard time, especially me dad. I was waiting for him to lose it as usual, but he just stood there and said nothing. It was Jamie that answered back. Leave Johnny alone and stop shooing at him. Come on, lovey. Graham's waiting outside to drive you home. I don't want to go with Graham. I want to go for chips with me dad. He's not a proper dad. He's a useless waste of space. He is not. He's a real dad and I want to go on him too. I thought my heart would burst when I heard Kylie and Jamie calling me that dad. I didn't care if Marie's parents thought I was useless. My children knew I wasn't. I knew that even if me and Marie never got back together, I would always be part of their lives. We see them three times every week now. We're going camping at Easter. I'm doing real good now because I have two great children. And I'm making sure they have a proper dad. That was a proper dab by Maeve Inglesby in collaboration with the members of Raid. Phelan Drew played Johnny and Geraldine Cody played Marie. Louise Daly played Sandra and Jimmy Wynn was Matty. Frank James played Sergeant Mulligan and Jared Byrne was Graham. Pat Nolan played Walter and Darren Balf was Mick. Mary Colleen played Kylie and Nicola Clifford was Jamie. The interviewers were played by Natalie Radmore Quirk, Albert Redmond, Sheena Lynch, Olivia McTiernan and Martin Gibbons. The voice on the tannoy was Joan O'Rourke. Gary Nolan was the taxi driver. Paddy Duffy played the role of Rodney. Glenn Farrell played the doctor. Emma Ryan played the nurse and newsreader. The two women were played by Elizabeth Comerford and Jackie Byrne. A Proper Da by Maeve Inglesby in collaboration with the members of RAID was directed by Michael Egan. The play was recorded in the RAID Centre in Dublin 8. Sound supervision was by Anton Timoney, Pat Hogan and Dave Keenan. Producers were Kevin Reynolds and Kevin Brew. After the play, there was a discussion with the members of RAID. And you can hear that discussion, which was broadcast last week on In the Wings, by going to the Drama on One website. Tonight's Drama on One was broadcast in memory of Maeve Inglesby. Er yesh day, Gareva Hanum.
Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one.